Welcome to Epiphany with Tiffany, a podcast that explores the deeper meaning behind the clothes you wear and items you own and how to work with the energy of the cosmos to make powerful shifts in your life, home, and wardrobe. I'm your host, Tiffany. I'm a holistic life and style coach and personal stylist with a deep love for fashion and a firm believer of the life-changing power of energetics. Tune in each week for an illuminating discussion designed to shift your frequency and connect your environment to your soul. This is a Soul Fire production. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Epiphany with Tiffany podcast. I have another amazing, fascinating, fun guest interview for you, this time featuring one of my favorite people, someone who has inspired me so much in recent years as I've been working on a lot of deep inner work, just kind of owning my own gifts and power and light. I am talking about no other than Christina Rice, aka Christina the Channel. Christina is an intuitive channel, energy healer, and best-selling author of Manifestation Mastery, How to Shift Your Reality and Co-Create with the Universe. And she also founded a high 7D energy healing. She is also the host of her own podcast that she's had for seven years, Christina the Channel Podcast. Christina has worked with countless CEOs, founders, celebrities, and professionals looking to optimize their performance, find full alignment in their lives, and create more freedom by mastering the energetics of money, health, and relationships. Christina has a really powerful background and story that she shares on the podcast today. She was able to transform her life and build a seven-figure business by energetic work, rewiring her brain, and manifesting a life that she really, truly wanted to live. She went on to download a high 7D, which is a really powerful form of energy healing, which I can say firsthand I've been able to experience. On today's podcast episode, we go a lot of different places in this conversation. We talk everything from the importance of coffee enemas and Christina's daily rituals to what it was like working with me. I worked with Christina last year to help transform her style and just being able to help her step more fully into owning her own personal style and letting it just take a life on its own. And in today's episode, you'll get to hear the fun closet setup Christina has in her home and what inspires her and how she gets dressed every day and utilizes her intuitive gifts to help put her outfits together, which you know I love. And the last juicy thing that we really get into in this conversation is what is it like to date an intuitive? So what is that all about? And how does Christina navigate Are you able to see the future of partners that you date and what the relationship's going to be like? Stay tuned and find out. If you want to learn more about Christina, be sure to visit my show notes. I put all of her links in the show notes, but safe to say, if you just look up Christina, the channel on Google, on any social media platform, she will pop up. She's pretty easy to find. She is such a light. I cannot recommend enough her offerings, her containers, and all of her unique intuitive gifts. 
get a taste of Christina in today's interview and let me know what you think. And I will leave it right here so we can hop into today's interview with Christina, the channel. We're kind of matching. Are we? What are you wearing? I'm wearing a tube top. I just feel like I kind of, it kind of looks like like a tube top. It's like the same vibe. Oh my God. I love it. You're in the blush pink color, which is one of your colors. It looks it's one so of my colors. Good on you. Yes. Thank you. I love your background. Thank you. I'm in my new place. Do you love it? I do. I'm getting settled in. Um, actually, something that's super interesting that I think you would appreciate since I moved in. My things were in storage for 10 months, as you know. And I noticed that a lot of the things that I brought in from storage. I had to get rid of immediately. It did not yeah. resonate. Wow. And so it's actually been a lot more of getting rid of things than it has been even bringing in the new stuff yet. Like I'm still trying to figure out what I want to get rid of um, because it really, the energy I shifted, I feel like. And so the energy of my belongings just did not resonate anymore. Yeah. I mean, I believe it makes sense to me. So there you go. <laughs> I so love intense. that. <laughs> so intense though. Um, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. So excited to have you here. Aww, thanks such for a having special me. Person to me. Of course. Um, so I like to kind of start with just getting to know you a little bit so people can get to know you if they don't aren't familiar. And one of the things I like to start with is your big three in astrology. Mm. Do you know your primal triad? I think I do. <laughs> My sun sign is Aries, moon, Gemini, rising Taurus. Love it. So do you also, as a bonus, do you know what uh, sign your Venus is in? My Venus is in Pisces. There we go. That I think that's what brings a lot of your ethereal goddess vibe energy to your clothing because mm-hmm. Venus is ruling our fashion choices. And also with your Taurus energy, you have like a double dose of Venus energy. So yeah. fashion is super important to you. I mean, yeah. Make, I mean, you know, <laughs> you yeah. know how that is for sure. Um, yeah. It's funny because I actually, I don't know, like my big three, I don't have much water, but I have a, like a lot of water in my chart in general. So you have a lot of water energy. So I, I feel that Pisces for me, which makes sense. Cause you're so intuitive. <laughs> yeah. I like to think so. <laughs> yes. Um, can you tell us some of your day-to-day rituals, things that just help you morning or in the evening to ground you? I mean, people always ask about morning, evening routines, and I love the nitty gritty, but rituals are so can be evol- like ever evolving, but they can also be ever like, like the things that stay, the things that we always keep in our routine. Do you have any of those things? Yeah, I have a lot of those things. I feel like my whole day is, is this a series of rituals? rituals. (laughs) My whole day is a series of rituals. So, I mean, I always, I do energy work on myself every single day. It's the most important part of my day. Uh, that's a big thing for me, like giving myself an energy healing session, which I feel for a lot of people would kind of overlap with the meditation piece, but I'm not really, uh, I don't even know what people think is a traditional meditation practice at this point. Uh, you know, I have a, a broad perspective on meditation, but that is my meditation. I'm not really a meditate and clear my mind kind of person. I'm more of a, let's 
clean out the tubes energetically kind of person and, and move some things around. So energy work is a huge part of my day. I'm a big like beverage person, obviously. And I like to ritualize all of my beverages. So everything that I put into my body is very intentional. It's a, a whole process for me. The aesthetic piece is really important for me. I really care what it looks like. Uh, I pour a lot of like love into everything I make. And I always tell people, like my love language is if you come to my house, ask me to make you a latte. I just love making lattes and I make it this whole like ritual experience. It's like making a cacao, right? And so I'm putting things in really intentionally different adaptogens and mushrooms and tinctures. And I like to make like every drink I put in my body, uh, kind of like a potion, you know? So that is a big part of my ritual for me and just kind of grounds me in. I pull cards pretty much every day just to see what spirit has to say to me. My daily walk is, is a big ritual for me just to kind of move some energy out, uh, you know, getting, touching nature a bit. That is really important. And I think just different things for my health. I'm just going to throw this one, this, this one in there. Uh, but for me right now, I'm like coffee enemas are my ritual. Like I love coffee enemas so much. And I have so much to say about that. Just the energetic component of that. And, and for me, my life is right now, a lot of the themes coming through are really around the connection between the physical body and the energetic spiritual realms. And obviously those are so connected, but I think in much deeper ways than we even recognize, and this is going to really come into play for a lot of people. And for me, like a coffee enema and just supporting detoxification and kind of clearing out all of that gunk there, there's a powerful energetic piece to that the same way, you know, doing energy work daily and clearing out our field is so important, but we also have to get it out physiologically. So that's another big one for me for sure. How long I I does that in there? Yeah. I love that. Thank you for the fun facts. How long does that take in the morning? Like to do a coffee and I've never done one. Um, I, well, I don't always do it like in the morning. Sometimes I do it in the afternoon. It just, you know, I'm not, I I'm fine with that, but it depends. Like I could do a quickie, uh, or, or a long, or a long one. So, <laughs> I mean, it's like 30 minutes to an hour if I'm doing like a full out thing and it doesn't actually take that long. You're only holding the coffee for like 15 minutes or so, but just the setup and, you know, I put on my binaural beats and like, it's just a whole vibe. <laughs> You make it a vibe. You make it a ritual. I, make it I a ritual. love that because I think most people are like, I would never do that. That sounds horrible. That doesn't sound fun at all, but you make literally anything and everything you have to do. I, I know. know this about you. Like yeah. if, even if it's like pain bills or something, you like make it fun, you ritualize it. And that was something you actually taught me because I always was complaining to you about, <laughs> I hate all the admin stuff I have to do about being yeah. a small business owner. And you were just like, make it fun. Why are you trying to make it work? And it's yeah. like, oh yeah, that is such a mindset shift. We can make literally anything fun, even coffee enemas. Oh, totally. I mean, well, yeah, I think especially with coffee enemas, so many people talk about this, but at the beginning I was so <laughs> scared of them. And I was like, that sounds horrible. And then once you get, get in the flow, you're like, wow, I feel so much better just I mean, for so many reasons, and it's actually very, very relaxing, but the ritualizing piece, this is another reason why I don't like task switching. And I don't like, I'm not somebody that can work in small blocks. Like I can't do the Pomodoro method or whatever. I can't do that because everything is a ritual. So it's like, if I'm going to be doing ad, ad mini stuff in the weed stuff in my business, I'm creating a space for that. It's like, okay, it's Friday. I'm setting a whole vibe. I'm lighting candles. I'm turning on my music. I have my nice latte and I'm entering into that like a ceremony. And I'm going to get into my creative space. It's part of my artistic practice really, you know? Um, 
because it represents something so, so much bigger, those admin tasks or anything in our life. We think that, you know, is kind of annoying. It is, it is part of what we're doing to create freedom in, in our lives, you know? And I was just having this client, I was just having this conversation with a client earlier today. And he was saying, and I was like, what would it look like for you to only do things that you wanted to do? You know, what if when you woke up in the morning, you prioritized what you really, really wanted to do, what's going to make you feel fulfilled. And like you were successful that day, which sometimes might be work-related and sometimes might be personal. And I ask myself that every day of what's going to make me personally feel successful. And sometimes that is, I want to sit down and bust out this whole course program today. Like I'm going to feel great when I do that. And other times it's like, I want to lay on my couch and just go in the astral and fuck around a little bit, you know? So it just depends on the day. But I asked him that and he was like, well, I get what you're saying, but what about the things that we don't want to do, but we need to get done for business? And so I was like, okay, this is how you open up the freedom in that is you wake up and you're like, okay, so today I could go to the beach and read a book and chill, or I could answer all of these emails, handle customer service, yada, yada, yada. Right. And just by giving yourself that choice, right. I get to choose. Now you can look at it from a different angle and say, okay, well, if I get to choose, what's going to make me feel successful? And just from the choice, I know, at least for me, I'm viewing it differently as before. I felt like Ugh, the admin stuff, the customer service, that's like, I don't really want to do it, but I have to. And now that I've given myself the choice and I'm thinking, well, what's going to make me feel better, right? What's going to get me closer to my freedom and building the life I want? It might actually be that thing that before I thought I, I should do, I had to do, but I didn't want to. And now I'm like, actually, I want to do it. So I find that just opening up the question helps me to reframe it, to realize a lot of these things that, oh, I should do it or I have to do it. What about like how I could reframe it so that I'm realizing I, I want to do this. I, I love that. And also like something I do to try and trick myself is just like baby step myself through it. Just do it for an hour. If it, if you're still miserable and you're still thinking about the beach and you hate your life doing this admin work then go to the beach. But Mm -hmm. like, at least you sat there for an hour and you, you got something accomplished. I think a lot of times it's simplifying the to-do list. Like we put one giant task that we have to do and then it sounds overwhelming. So we don't do it. We put it away. We put it away. We procrastinate when it's like, break it into small tasks and then it can get accomplished over time. It doesn't have to be this like huge thing. I think a lot of it comes down to knowing your workflow you know, and that, that's how I can ritualize things. So I know what I know about me is I actually work really well under pressure. It's, there's my defined route, right? But I know that I tend to procrastinate on things. So I plan on procrastinating things. And, and that just changed my life forever. Cause I used to have so much anxiety around trying to pump myself up to do something ahead of time. So I wouldn't be stressed. And then I realized I always procrastinate anyway. So I'm just going to decide whenever something has to get done, you know, on a certain day, I'm just going to plan on doing it the night before. And that gave me such a release of anxiety and just so much less stress. I just planned on it. Right. And I also, I know how I work best. So I work best in like binge modes, right? So I work best of having a whole day where I'm binging, working on, on something. And I'm just in that flow and I can ride that wave. And then I'm just binging resting. And then I'm recharged again. And I go back to binging working. And that is what works best for me. I have never been somebody who can pick away at it day by day. Like in school, they would tell us studying, Oh, just do a little bit each day. Just do a little bit of your essay each day. Uh, screw that. I mean, that was horrible for me. I thrive when I'm binging, honestly, I like one and done, get all in the flow and just, I ride that stream. And a lot of that has to do with riding the stream of, of 
inspiration. So if I wake up and I have planned, I'm doing podcasts all day long, but I don't feel like doing podcasts. If I go and show up and do those podcasts, they're going to be super shitty. So I've learned to just make sure that I follow my stream of inspiration because otherwise, especially recently, everything gets sabotaged. When I start to do things that I know I don't really want to do, but I'm like, oh, it's on my calendar. All of the video files will get corrupted. All the audio files will be destroyed. And that is the universe's way of saying like, get out of the way and just follow what you're inspired to do. Because if I'm not inspired to do it today, it's going to be tomorrow or the next day, or it's going to get done in time. And, and that is part of the, the self-trust that we get to develop. Yeah. Building that trust piece, because when it's feeling friction, like so much friction, it's not, and it's not flowing. It's just, maybe it's not the right time right now. It doesn't mean you're not supposed to do it at all, but a lot of people try and push past that resistance. It's like, no, I think that's telling you to take a step back and to pause and to maybe do something else. It's either you're not supposed to do it, or it's just not the right timing. I think about like sales pages. All right. I used to hate sales pages. Uh, you know, why I hated them was because I was trying to write them versus just channeling it. And what I did was I was like, I'm not going to write. I'm not going to like sit here and force myself to write it. And instead I just waited until I was inspired and I could sit there and try and write it. And it might take me five hours or I can wait until I'm inspired and will take me literally five minutes. That's the difference. And that's part of expanding time. When you wait until you are genuinely inspired and you just channel the information through you, which everybody can do. It's about being in that flow state and just following that inspiration now we do things so much faster and then we create more space in our lives. That is like literally true freedom. Just hearing <laughs> yeah. you say that it's like so freeing to just hear, hear you work that way. Um, let's talk about your day-to-day fashion style. Cause I like to also ask a lot of my guests about like, what do you wear day-to-day? You're on camera a lot. And I know when we work together, a lot of the pieces that we built for you were for public media pieces, photo shoot, your website, your podcast cover, but also just being on Instagram every day. So do you dress differently when you're not doing any of that stuff? Like what do you wear in your like private life? Yeah. I mean, sort, sort of, I do, I do sort of dress differently. I mean, you know, this for me clothes, it's just such an energetic thing. And so every day, the way I choose what I'm wearing is basically based on the frequency I want to embody that day. And that comes down to color that comes down to style. And so I like to really play with different archetypes and I have my closet very much organized by this. Like straight up, it's organized by like priestess, maiden, slut, right? Like wild woman, like it's literally organized that way. So I know because if I'm going out with friends on the weekend, it's, I'm wearing darker colors. I'm wearing different styles, right? Versus when I'm on camera, what am I embodying that day? Am I in my like goddess energy? Am I in my maiden energy? You know, what is it? So I I think, I, I mean, I would say, you know, for my, my daily life in terms of work, I'm very much, put together on top sweats on the bottom kind of person. (laughs) There's a juicy detail. Yeah. That's, I did not know that. I'm always wearing, I'm always wearing sweats or pajamas on on the bottom. So I'm like very put together up here, uh, because I'm on video all the time, but I'm never wearing real pants. Well, and we're like sitting down all day. I mean, I'm wearing shorts right now that are linen shorts, but they have an expandable waist. I'm not going to be sitting here all day wearing jeans or like anything too constrictive. Yeah. I'm going outside. Maybe I'll put something like that on. Yeah. If I'm going outside, I'll put something like that on. And then in general, I think because I, I am more put together, I would say during my work week, like on the weekends, it just depends. I'm either like all the way looking cute or I'm like leggings and a sweatshirt as my uniform. Everybody joke. Like I'm, I'm pretty much always in 
a sweatshirt and leggings. So that's kind of how I dress. <laughs> and that's also like the San Diego vibe, yeah. I feel like, because it's like usually overcast too. You can get away with pretty much the same standard uniform year round. I feel like everybody in San Diego dresses the exact same. And I, I actually would say I do not subscribe to the average San Diego uniform, which is very much uh, crop top and shorts is basically San Diego in a nutshell. Most people like don't wear clothes here, you know? So it's like you, everybody's just like in a bathing suit. Uh, so I tend to wear more clothes, but yeah, I, uh, I have my uniforms for sure. Love that. Well, and when we worked together last year, like when you, when you started to work with me, you had a little bit of a style, but I feel like in the past year, your style has really blossomed. Can you speak to when we work together, if that helped you tap into your style and like how it's just evolved over time, because I've just noticed even when we aren't working together now for your style, it's taken on this life of its own, which is like my dream vision for any client that works with me (laughs) is that they can like figure out what their style is and then take it and run with it. And it really feels like you've done that. And it's just kind of continued to blossom. And I love that you have this closet by archetype. That's so fun. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, no, I, I, you know, we talked about this a lot when we were um, working together with my styling, but clothes for me, you know, growing up, I love to be the center of attention with my outfits. I love to wear really bright colors, neons. Then as I got a little older, it was a little more like lots of flowers and different patterns like that. Like, like I was, I loved my clothes. Right. And then when I got really sick, I started which started off with my mental health, which with depression and anxiety and then different chronic illnesses, I really just moved to wearing black, 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 everything, baggy things. I stopped wearing makeup, which for me has always been my favorite art form. You know, I feel like you with style, like has always makeup for me. I mean, I had my first smoky eye lesson when I was four years old, you know? And so I've been playing with makeup and very colorful makeup, like since I was a kid and I always wanted to be a makeup artist, like that was my form of self-expression. And so the color piece was really important to me. And I just feel like when I was sick, my appearance was reflecting how I was feeling inside, which is just like, nothing. Right. Uh, and, and I just didn't, and I also just didn't want to draw attention to myself, to be honest. I just wanted to hide. And so I wore clothes where I mean, first of all, energetically, I didn't realize that at the time, but it was contracting my aura in, but it was also just a way to kind of blend in. And I don't want people to look at me. I don't really want to be standing out. I don't have, I didn't have that. Like, I felt like I kind of lost my personality. I was just so tired and exhausted. Right. And so my clothes represented that. And then on the other side of that, I went through what I felt like was this cleansing period of everything in my life needed to become white and just clean and a reset. And that was in my furniture that was in my house and that was in my clothes. And that really still is my, my base of my wardrobe. And I, I approach my wardrobe the same way I approach my food. When I talk about eating vibrationally, dressing vibrationally, and a lot of this has been through what I've channeled around and just playing with all of these different things in our physical environment and how that affects our energy. And so I'm really intentional with the colors that I wear and the style that I wear every single day, like I was mentioning before, in terms of what I want to embody. And it's been interesting because the base of my wardrobe is definitely in terms of color white, but then I have different pops of color that I'm throwing in. And it feels like kind of like the further along I've gotten past my chronic illness, the more colors I'm, I'm adding in. And I'm very intentional with that the same i do the same thing with my diet cuz i eat 
via color basically and frequency and vibration. And so you think about your clothes as like your style diet, you know? So I do the same thing there. And like I said, I like to really play with, with archetypes. I've always loved that whole, I, I love exploring identity, right? And from a young age, just this whole idea of we can put on a costume and become someone different, you know? And I think about, this is why I loved makeup because I felt like I could do my makeup differently every single day and become a different person. And I would feel different. And, you know, growing up, and especially when we're in high school and college, I would like do a full face of makeup and my my parents would be like, where are you going? And I'm like, nowhere. Like, why did you just put on all this makeup? I'm like, because it makes me feel a certain way. And I'm about to, I'm about to do this. And I got to feel this way to do this, you know? And so we can do that with our outfits as well, right? Whenever you're wearing something you feel really confident in, you show up differently. And even, you know, working with you, that was at a place where I told you, I am ready to really step into my next level in my business. And I've really made this transition from being more in the coaching space moving more into being a channel, being an author and really stepping into that. And the choices we make with our wardrobe are a really powerful energetic signal to the universe about like who we really are and what identity we want to step into. You know, and I think about on a day-to-day basis, when I'm mentioning playing with those archetypes, I'm thinking about how do I want to feel today? Do I want to feel flirty and fun and soft? Do I want to feel like, uh, I'm a confident badass, you know, like who am I channeling today? If I'm channeling ISIS, I'm going to wear something different than if I'm channeling Jesus, you know? So it's just like different energies all around. And I love to play with that. And I love being dynamic with that. And that is something that I love about style and all the ways we can physically express ourselves as we get to put on different identities every single day. And this for me really leans into that conversation of multidimensionality, which, which I love. And I think a lot of us feel really trapped because we feel boxed in in our lives in terms of the identity that other people have put upon us and they've labeled us you're this way you do this or we've decided that for ourselves and often both and then we feel trapped when really the freedom is i get to be multidimensional i get to have different interests i can show up differently every single day and there's a lot of liberation in that and i think we can lean into that via our clothes and you know via like hair makeup jewelry all all forms of adornment and even the way that we eat, right? The way that rooms in our, in your house, right? You might have rooms in your house that all feel like very different. They have a very different energy. They might have similar, a similar aesthetic, but they can bring very different energies and we get to become different people in those different places, right? When I walk into my office, I'm a different person than when I walk into my meditation room. And if I walk into my bedroom, And so I feel like it's so beautiful to use these different tools to pull out these different aspects of ourselves so we can really embody all of who we are. I love that. I think that's so much of why the physical exists for us to play with. It's, I like to think of living life every day as like, I'm living on a stage. Like my house is like my, my backdrop. How am I decorating the scene? How am I setting the scene each day? My closet is very similar to yours as far as like, who do I want to be? What kind of energy do I want to feel like this day? Um, where am I going today? What kind of vibe am I trying to, to show up as? And that can really help you step into whatever the energy is, because I am someone who does struggle with um, anxiety and depression have for a long time. And when I can have one of those days where it's like, I just want to wear black because I don't feel good. And I can push past that and be like, well, what if you take a step back and you're not you, you're this person for the day. And then I can dress into that energy. All of a sudden I'm shifting out of that depressive, anxious state. And I forget that I have it almost. 
it's a, it's kind of a magical tool that we are given in this lifetime to you. So I love that you embody that as well. That's such a big part of my life too. Yeah. And it's like just this whole theme of costume, you know, and this is something like really explored in Shakespeare a lot around, like you can become someone different by putting on a different costume. So who do you want to be today? And we can really lean, we can really lean into that, you know? Um, so I think just using those tools is really valuable and exploring these different parts of ourselves. And also like thinking about the, you know, wearing black piece that for me has shifted because I used to really identify it with when I was sick and and wearing those clothes at that, at that time. And now for me, it is much more like my Scorpio energy, right? So I I wear a lot more black, like when I'm going out uh, at night. And I think for me, just kind of transmuting all of that and, and, and just getting rid of old clothes. Like we've talked about this a lot, right? Because different clothes will hold energy and, you know, those jeans might still fit you. Maybe you've had them forever, but what energy are they, are they, holding for you. And so releasing that and getting new pieces and even the same colors can really shift the way that you view those colors too. Yes. And just allowing yourself the space to have freedom to play. So many people think that they have to have just the one style or the one color palette or the one thing that they can wear. And that's all that works for them. And it's about the, and it's not the, if that's not that, and maybe it resonates now, but it's not going to resonate in a month. Great. Move on. It might come back later. It might not, but it's like when we stay stuck in these boxes, that's just keeping our, our energy lower. Speaking to vibrational eating, I am very curious about this because one of the entry points for me getting to know you was when you had your paleo podcast, you've had a podcast for seven years. It's not a paleo podcast (laughs) anymore. And it hasn't been for a long time, but I had just started my healing journey. I was working with a functional medicine doctor and I was on the paleo diet and you were the first person in this space that I found that was a younger age that was doing paleo that was speaking about it and instantly felt gravitated towards um, you and to your story as well, uh, which we might have time to get into today, but I know that your diet has had so many different iterations and evolved <laughs> so much understatement of the year. What do you eat like now? And what is vibrational eating? Like, what does that even mean? Oh my God. What do I eat like now? <laughs> I, <laughs> I told you, I, 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 I'm on the Jesus fairy diet 2022. That's what I'm calling it. I don't even know what that means. (laughs) So vibrational eating means so many, so many things to me. We can look at it first of all. Okay. Every food has a frequency and the easiest way to think about it is, is color. That's one way to think about it. Right. And you can think about eating for the chakras and a different color supporting the chakras, but then every food itself has a different density and a different energy, right? Different macronutrients, like a fat and a carbohydrate and a protein are all, all have a different type of density. Some are more grounding, some are lighter. So I'm thinking about that in terms of frequency as well. And if you just practice this, like tuning into, you know, if I'm holding a piece of bread versus a blueberry, like there's a different frequency, right? And we also have different emotions and energies connected to those foods individually, right? Uh, so I might have a, fa- a favorite meal from childhood and that's going to have a certain frequency for me and it might have a very different meaning for you. So there's how we relate to those energies as well. There is in terms of vibrational eating, we can look at this in terms of, you know, whole foods versus more processed foods. They've done lots of studies where they've they've measured the frequency of different foods. So you can look that up quite literally at different foods. Like what is the vibration of it? Oh, interesting. Yeah. And you know, a, a wide perspective of that is 
the like raw foods are going to have a higher frequency in general than things that are cooked or animal products, but you can look at, I think this is really interesting, just like different grains. Like what are the different frequencies of different grains or different beverages? So you can like get nitty gritty like that. I don't do it scientifically like that, but you can feel the frequency difference in, in different foods. So I, I tune into what do I need that day, uh, in terms of support with frequency. So sometimes I need more grounding. Sometimes I am ready to be, you know, blasting off into outer space. Sometimes I need a certain chakra to be supported more so than than others. And I'm looking at digestibility as well. And so what's going to digest for my body the best. There's also vibrational eating in terms of culturally, right? So connecting with different cultures, and that could be wherever you come from biologically, that can also be wherever you have soul origin, right? In different lifetimes. And you might be, you know, gravitate toward one type of cuisine or one culture. And maybe in this lifetime, it doesn't seem like you have any connection other than you're obsessed with it, but you might have spent a lot of lifetimes or a very significant lifetime that's in your soul memory in that place. And so I found that part of part of integrating all of my soul has been spending time eating in different styles that have really connected to other lifetimes for me, which has been really fun in a way that I've kind of connected more with that. Like I explain a lot with, you know, Egypt and a lot of us who are, uh, intuitive, have a lot of connection with Egypt. And, uh, I, you know, had my whole period where I was like, I'm eating like I did in my Egyptian lifetime. This is when I was like, you know, getting really into adding more of that style of like clothing and jewelry and getting into Egyptian mythology more. And every way that I could like add a lot of that energy from that lifetime was really supportive for me and just shifted my frequency a little bit. So those are some different things I think about when it comes to vibrational eating. I feel that it is very individual and, you know, argument for, uh, sweets. I was <laughs> saying, this is like my fairy diet joke. I'm like, I'm just trying to get into my fairy energy and they just, they eat sweets and, and treats and cakes. And that's one of the reasons why I've always been so obsessed with baking. And so that, what does that do for me vibrationally? That does something really powerful for me. You know, food isn't just, isn't just food, you know, it's, it's energy, right? So those are some different things like to think about. I also really love to think about it from the perspective of human design. I am just a huge believer in, in exploring your human design in general, but with your digestive type, I just think that, I think it's really important. Uh, and I know a lot of traditional human design readers think that's kind of the last thing to get to, which I, I understand where they're coming from with, with that. And that's kind of what's been taught, but I feel that with where we're at on the planet right now, so many people's bodies are changing and we have a lot of different diseases and illnesses and symptoms popping up. And a lot of it is because we're trying to eat the way that worked for our bodies before. And as our frequency rises, it's just, it's not going to work the same anymore. And so I really believe that looking into your human design digestive type and starting to explore and experiment with that is a game changer for a lot of people. So like for me, mine is cold thirst. So having a lot of, I, I eat a, or drink a lot of fluid and I have a lot of meals that are like more liquid based meals. Like I'm drinking a ton of liquids and keeping things really, really cold has helped my body so much. I don't think I would have experimented as far in that direction as I have and realized how much better it may, it has made me feel had I not come across that on my uh, in my human design, right. Cause it's kind of, it's very different, you know, it's, it's not like the average thing. So I really think that's an important part of vibrational eating as well, because your human design chart is really explaining how do you uniquely interact with 
energy and food is a form of of energy. But I think for us to bring more intentionality into what we're consuming is so important. Everything you're drinking, everything you're eating, blessing the food, saying gratitude, asking it to nourish you and, and serve you in whatever way. These are things we can do to shift the energy of the food and actually work with it rather than just unintentionally put it in our bodies. Yes. hundred percent. I'm calm digestion type mm. in human design. And when I learned that I, it was so eye opening because I'm like, I've been watching TV on my phone while I've been eating meals or trying to eat every meal out with socially at restaurants and stuff like that. And always coming home and having to eat again and not understanding and like beating myself up about that. And then when I realized it's actually better for me to eat most of my meals by myself or with someone who's like really calm and soothing to me. Otherwise it's just better for me to be by myself to eat and, and to then socialize in other ways, game changer with my digestion, how food sat with me, um, my sensitivities to food. And I love what you were saying about vibrational eating, because so many of the details that you mentioned are just simply things that people aren't stopping to pause to think about. Everyone is running through life so quickly and so much I think about being more intuitive. If you're trying to be more intuitive or tap into your intuitive gifts is pausing. That's like one of the first entry points, because when we slow down, we can start noticing all these little messages that are right in front of our face, things that we're thinking of. And then we're seeing something on the street that matches what a thought that just popped in our head. But if you're, if you're moving too fast, those things aren't coming in. And that was something I really noticed when I started working with my intuitive gifts that it, so much of the work for me was slowing down mm -hmm. and pausing and then thinking about, is there a vibration between this food and this food? And it's like, oh wait, there is. But when, when you're not thinking about it, you're not giving your body a chance to show it how powerful it is and how it actually knows the difference. Oh yeah. You're, I mean, your body has all of the wisdom. I was just using this analogy with a friend over the weekend. And I was, I was telling him, I'm like, you realize your intuition isn't something that's new to be developed. It's sort of like you've gone through your entire life with this radio station playing in the background. And because it's always been there, it's like, yeah, music is playing, but you've never taken the second, a second to stop and be like, wait, what song is playing though? You just know yeah. there's background noise, right? The same way we're shopping at a store and yeah, there's something playing on the loudspeaker and you're not really paying attention. You just know it's there, but there's a different experience to be like, wait, what song is playing and to tune in a little bit. And that is what it is to really connect with your intuition. It's like, wait, it's quiet. It's always been playing. And now I'm actually going to pause and listen to the words. That is what it is to connect with your intuition. It's already there. And with the vibrational eating piece, you know, I, I think that it's, it's just, so important to me as somebody who has struggled with my health in so many different ways and has worked with so many people who have as well. And when you actually work with people and you get in the trenches, you realize that if it was as cut and dry as like, these are healthy foods and these aren't, we would not have so many sick people. There are a lot of people who are hyper healthy, who are still having problems. Why? Right. And there are a lot of different components to that. There is the emotional energetic piece, the trauma, but there's also the the food that is healthy for me might not be healthy for you and vice versa. You know, and I think about inner child healing and sometimes the most healing thing we can do is for a week, just eat the way we ate as a kid. And you might notice that all of your digestive issues go away. And even though you're eating more processed foods, you know, th things like that. Uh, so I already think about for me, cold thirst. Well, if I'm eating, if I'm drinking hot tea all the time, which I used to do all the time, it was giving me horrible digestive issues because I don't do well with hot foods or hot drinks. Right. And so that could be a very healthy food for you, but it might not be for me. And this is one of the reasons why, you know, 
all diets work. You look at all these diets and everybody has a great argument for everything and people get positive and negative results with all these different dietary protocols. And I've tried a lot of them. I've tried so many of them. That's something that's always fascinated me is, you know, people are so bio-individual, but there's more to this than just genetics, right? Because some, why are there some people who eat, eat what we might think is crap and barely move their bodies and they have great health? Why? I, I'm always fascinated by those people. I'm like, yeah. what is happening there? It's there's, so interesting. There's an energetic piece. I mean, there's one piece of, okay, you don't, you don't know what's how they're actually feeling, right? They might have uh, mental health issues or they might have digestive issues they're not talking about, or it might pop up later in their life. There can be that. But there's also the, the, the component of stress, right? And, and how, when people are just genuinely loving their, their lives, living their lives, not thinking twice about it, not overthinking it, we relate to the food and process it and digest it quite differently. And there's the energetic piece of, I mean, it's been interesting for me exploring with cold thirst because I like to, I like to just read and listen to as many anecdotes as I can, because I want to hear everybody's different experience with their experiment. And something that's been fascinating for me in exploring cold thirst is a lot of people have talked about how when they're eating really healthy, they got really sick. And they're like, I just started eating ice cream and like protein shakes and kind of crap. And my, my health just improved. And so it comes, you know, back to the question of, um, you know, what, what is, what is a healthy, food and is processed food necessarily bad? I don't know. There's so many different components. There's so many different factors that contribute to the frequency of a food because there's the frequency of the food itself. And then also how does it relate to my individual body? And how are we perceiving the food? I went through a period when I started the paleo journey and just like eating more clean, non-processed food, where then I became, I like flipped to the other side where I became scared of any other food because I didn't want to get sick. But then I was continuing to make my body sick because I was perceiving all these foods as bad. And so I had to really take a step back with that and get into my calm environment, try and eat the food that I just wanted to eat. And then just be patient with my body as it had to recalibrate and retrain Mm -hmm. itself. I know you have a, a really wild health journey story with chronic illness and all of that. Is there a piece of the story that really sticks out to you that kind of led you down to the specific part of finding your spirituality and how that really shifted your, I mean, it shifted your business, but it shifted your life in so many different ways. And what was the part of your health journey that unlocked your spirituality? You know, there were two, there were two big rock bottoms. And so the first was when I was in college and it was a rock bottom with, with my mental health for sure, that then I wanted to get control of that. And so I started focusing on my physical health. And when I did, it got really bad. And I had a trigger event where after that, I lost about 50 pounds in two to three months and my organs started shutting down and I was in college. I'm young. It completely changed my life. It completely changed my personality. You know, I had to drop out of school and I was going to doctors every single day, all of these specialists, I, and you know, psychiatrists and psychologists. I mean, the number of people I saw was in random clinical trials and being that age, you know, and I was still living I'm still like living on college campus and all my friends are going out partying and I'm like fighting for my life, you know? And there was just so much that went into that. There was a lot of bullying uh, in addition to all of my physical health issues and just being told by so many doctors, I was lying and it was, it was really intense. Um, so that was the first like rock bottom and thing that first pushed me to the world of holistic health and, and the paleo space at the time. But with that was a shift in my 
like perception of the world and really questioning like, why am I here? And how do I like live my purpose and, and feel that I am living my purpose. And that's when I started just being more mindful and meditating. And I started doing, you know, I didn't have the words at the time, but more inner child work and shadow work and working with different therapists who were helping me explore those pieces and doing a lot of, a lot of healing, internal healing. And that is really when I opened up to kind of my first like phase of, of spirituality, I would say. And then the second part was when I hit like my second rock bottom, actually, I guess there were three. And that was when I saw my first intuitive after that, it was this spiritual catalyst. And that's when I started setting, uh, energy healing because I had a dream after that intuitive session with her. So then I started energy work. And then there was a third one when I was diagnosed with Lyme. And that was when I was like, Christina, how many goddamn times are you going to have to get knocked on your ass before you listen? You know, and I, it was like, I would listen and I would get better and then it would stop listening and then I would get worse again. And that was the moment, the Lyme diagnosis, when I shut my business down again to kind of pull my, to pull my shit together and focus on myself. And I just, it just felt so deep and dark of like, what am I not seeing? You know, I'm, I'm young. I have been punched in the gut a couple of times now, like what am I not seeing? There's something big here. And that was when I like, you know, I sent out a text to everybody in my life. I'm like, Hey, I'm doing a deep personal healing process. I probably won't talk to you for a long time. So don't worry. I'm just in my own hole. <laughs> like I literally sent out a message like that. And I really isolated myself for like six to eight months. And I was just doing a lot of deep healing work and I was working with different spiritual mentors. And that was when my gifts were really, really opening up. And it just felt like, I don't know, the energy around it. Like, I feel like you could probably feel it as I'm just like transmitting it, but it just felt like I was in a bubble by myself. And I I did not, I couldn't even recognize the world around me. I was just only focused on myself and I needed that. And that was when I realized I can't keep doing different versions of the same thing. I have to change my patterns. And that was when I really started listening to my intuition over everything else. That's when I realized the physical stuff wasn't as important as the energetic piece. That's when I became obsessed with energetics. That's when I was upset, became obsessed with brain rewiring. And that is when I realized with my business, I could not try and build it the way I was trying to build it because it wasn't even working. And it kept putting me into like severe adrenal fatigue. So those are the three big moments. I just kept getting punched in my gut. I am proud to say that I am now teamed up with a supplement company that I know and trust. Cured Nutrition is a premium provider of cannabinoid, functional mushroom, and adaptogen products designed to help you feel your best. Their product line features organic and squeaky clean ingredients. All products are non-GMO, gluten-free, made in the USA, and really easy to incorporate in your daily routine. I really love their raw CBD full spectrum hemp oil, their aura gut health supplement, and their Zen relaxation and sleep supplement for the evening time. So if you would like to try those out, coupon code epiphany will get you 10% off your first order. Enjoy. I've always noticed that too with rock bottoms, because I've had a few as well, and followed by long cocooning periods where you're just kind of recalibrating your entire being and like trying to understand what the fuck is happening, who the fuck you are. Um, but those rock bottoms are the most eye-opening shaping moments because that is actually when the universe is intervening 
and being like, if you're not, we're going to shake you awake. If you're not going to do it, we're going to do it for you. And it's always the most painful thing, but you hit a point. I hit this point with my, my own healing journey where I had just gotten diagnosed with Lyme co-infections and I thought about it and I was like, how long am I going to identify with being sick and just constantly working with a functional medicine doctor, constantly unpacking different layers? Because part of me was like loving to peel back the layers and really get into the nitty gritty that you can't get into with traditional medicine. But when you start learning these things, you can't unlearn them. And when you get a label like, oh, you have Lyme co-infections, but to what extent are they a problem? And when you get that label, all of a sudden you identify that you're sick again, then your body starts acting like it's sick again, the symptoms get worse. And so it's like, for me, those rock bottoms kind of shook me awake where it's like, how long are you going to identify with this part of your story? And when are you going to change it and shift into a different direction and just see if that actually helps you feel better? And it sounds like for you, when you started doing the intuitive work, the energy healing, and just listening to your intuition over what people were telling you to do or what you were doing before, that's when you opened up a lot of space. Mm -hmm. I mean, I wish I could scream it from the rooftops. I think this is a huge, a huge (laughs) problem in the, in the healing space and the functional health space. Like, I think there's a lot of stuff in the functional health space that really keeps people sick to be honest. And it's something, you know, when I was still working with clients in that capacity, I had at a point where I was like, don't work with me if you are still committed to being sick. So if you're still going to say that you have Lyme and you have mold, I'm not the right fit for you because we're, we're just going to not do that anymore. When you understand how the brain works, it's like every time I'm telling, I, I say that, or identify with that, I'm creating that in my body. Right. Exactly. Or what I would notice. And even to this day, I have some, you know, some of my friends who I love dearly, but they had, you know, different health issues years ago and they'll get a symptom and they're like, Oh my God, I think it's back. And I'm like, Oh my God. Or this shit just happens. Like maybe you ate something weird. So you got bloated for a meal. It doesn't mean you have SIBO, you know, like, like we just jump right back to that place and whatever we are expecting, like we're, we're manifesting. We're manifesting it literally in our bodies. It's amazing how that works when you can piece that together. (laughs) Like we're actually in control of this more than we think. Yeah. It's, it's such a shift because I never even ended up treating my Lyme co-infections. I started a protocol. I ditched it. But once I started like taking care of my energetic body and doing the mindset shift, that's when I didn't even notice the symptoms anymore. 100%. Well, if you think about it from an energetic level, it is, well, if I raise my frequency and I'm shifting that to, so that my whole body is calibrated to health and love and like a high frequency, there's no space for the dis-ease to exist. And that is the real root cause work. And that is that's one of the reasons why I just fucking love energy work so much. And I think that people are just missing it. I look at all these people in the health space and the biohacking space. And I'm like, you guys are still band-aiding. You're still band-aiding. Like I, I can't, I can't ice bath my way out of like low frequency stuck in my body. Right. And energy work to me is the real root cause. So if you think about, I think about like, you know, SIBO, candida are a symptom. There's something else underneath it. Let's say for a lot of people, there's heavy metals, toxicity, maybe there's Lyme, there's mold. And we think of that as the root cause, but what created the energetic landscape where, where that could fester, right? Because there are people who 
go into a moldy building or live in mold and they don't get mold illness, right? So what makes me energetically available for that to get stuck in my body? Like that is really looking at the root cause to me. It's actually the energetic landscape versus, okay, parasites maybe a lot of people think of as root cause and they are maybe on a physiological level, but what allowed those parasitic energies to stay in the body? That is the root cause work. And so if we go there directly, the physiological stuff shakes itself shakes itself out. And I'm not saying, you know, anybody listening, like I'm not saying don't work with your doctors. Uh, I really believe in a multifaceted approach. You need to listen to your body and we have different medicines for, uh, for, you know, different reasons, but I believe in working at all of it at once. Like for me, if your protocols aren't working, add in the energetic layer so it actually can get out. Right. And I think that's one of the things with going back to my coffee enemas, uh, it's been this huge thing my guides have been talking a lot about that connection with the physical body and talking about how, you know, a lot of people are maybe doing energy work, but not actually opening up their drainage pathways. And we have to get it out physiologically, right. Or, or vice versa. You're opening up your drainage pathways physiologically with different lymphatic drainage, coffee enemas, whatever, but energetically, it's just all getting clogged in your aura. So it can still recirculate. And I really believe we need to be working on all of the planes to like get all of those energies out that, that shouldn't be there anymore. Yes. And you know, speaking to that, you told me once, um, that you got a message from your spirit guides that I needed to do lymphatic draining. And I actually had a dream about it last night, which is just really funny. I was like at the lymphatic draining massage parlor and, (laughs) but it was up at like my mom's house. And I was like, no, I'm moving to LA. Like I can't go. And it was like this like stressful thing. And it's again, goes back to taking that pause when I woke up and I recalled that dream, instead of just like, Oh, whatever, that was a weird dream. I was like, wait a second, what was the message there? Mm -hmm. And what I unpacked was that I have not done the lymphatic draining yet. The message came through again, the timing of it coming up last night when I'm meeting with you today. And you're the person that told me about it. When you can start like taking a pause and putting the pieces together, it's like, same with like chronic illness. It's like, we, we get into these locked programs and we're not questioning them, but when you can question what these symptoms are for a minute, what might be going on emotionally, energetically, all of the things, it starts to make more sense. And you can start becoming like your own biohacker without needing the ice bath and all of that stuff. You can, it's really just like getting in tune with like Mm -hmm. how your mechanics of your brain works with your body and all of that. 100%. And the same way that we were talking about, like using your style or things in our physical environment to shift our energy, it's the same thing with the physical body, right? So if I am looking to stretch in my life, like I want to, uh, you know, stretch myself in terms of income. If I start stretching more physically, I'm getting my body in that energy and I'm getting in that frequency and it's making me more aligned with, with stretching energetically or with my income. Right. Or if I think about digestion, this is why I always tell people drink things as we're talking, because it helps facilitate that energy of digestion. Right. And same thing with detoxification. It's like, if I'm looking to give myself some courage or get the energy of releasing and feeling comfortable with, with releasing move stuff around in your house, get rid of stuff in your house. And maybe that will start to shift the energy so that the friends who need to be released, they're going to pop up real quickly. Right. It's the same thing. Like with the lymphatic drainage, like if I'm like, okay, I want to clear out my energy field and just get the stuff out. How can I stimulate that physically? Lymphatic drainage is, is a great example. And so if you think about what's the energy I really want to step into, if you need more strength, if you're like, I'm going through a hard time, I need more strength. What can you do to build strength in your physical body? And when you do those movements or or create that energy in your physical body, that is also going to 
that energy is going to transfer over because you're being in that vibration. And so you're going to notice the energy around you shifts. Yes. And we have to take the aligned action. It's not just going to happen magically, but the little messages that we get are those little indicators of like, Hey, there's something here. Maybe like look into this, maybe take an aligned action and just see what happens. I always like to look at it like a science project. Just try it. If it doesn't change anything, then whatever, you can go back to your bad habits. It always changes. So it's yeah. like, it's, it's a, it will change. And some people aren't ready for the changes. And I think that's why people also stay stuck for a long time and might not even realize it. It's like, you called me out on this once too, where it's like, sometimes you don't even realize how how quickly you can manifest something because you're scared of how quickly you can manifest it. And it's like, ouch, yes, that is so true. Because once you manifest the thing, then you have no excuses. Then you actually have to step into that higher vibration and it creates this whole new world. And that can be, feel really scary because even if the old way of doing things isn't serving you and you know that it's familiar, it's comfortable, it's what you know, it's scary to, to shift out of the old. Do you see that a lot with clients with oh my God. when they all start the manifesting? All, all the time. I mean, that's the thing that blocks us is... Oh, I think people, people feel more comfortable if it's a whole process. So they decide it's a whole process because they think if it's a whole process, then by the time I'm there, maybe I'll feel more comfortable. I mean, you're, you might, you might not, you know, and like, the thing is your entire life could change overnight. It could change in a second if you're vibrationally available for it. Right. But the, it's never like people are, if I look at it energetically, it's not like people are a hundred yards away from what they want. They're always like one foot away. Right. But you have to have to have the courage, like jump over the fence and get into that new energy. And so that is the the most common thing. And the other piece of that is taking responsibility, right? Is taking responsibility for ourselves, for our actions, for our beliefs, and also where we're not releasing the things that aren't in alignment with that version of us that we say we want, you know, and that's the thing is whenever people say, yeah, I want this. Do you really though? Do you really want that? Because that's going to require you to put yourself out there in this way. This That's going to require you to get rid of all of those limiting beliefs or those, those habits or patterns that are not serving you or maybe certain people in your life. And so this is where we have to notice where am I not fully in resonance, mind, body, soul with what I'm saying I desire, because it's when we fully, fully mean it energetically and all of those are lined up that it happens. Right. But what we, we say, yeah, I want it consciously, but subconsciously, no, I don't want it because this, this, and this. And so those are the things that we need to look at if we actually want our lives to shift because life can shift really, really quickly if you allow it to. And so it's really just looking at where am I in my own way of the energy shifting? A hundred percent. One of the biggest reasons why I gravitated towards working with you, I've been in a couple of your masterminds. Um, now I'm in a current one that's ending <laughs> soon, which I'm so bummed about, but I've made some of the biggest shifts since being in your mastermind containers. And there's two things to that. One is you're in this like container of like-minded people who are also moving through shifts. There's some overlap in the similarities of where we're getting stuck. So you can see your own blocks and issues through a new lens. That's very helpful, but also it's like, there's that point where you realize you have to take that responsibility for what you actually want. And you have to call yourself out on your own bullshit. And you're really good at triggering people and calling people <laughs> out on their bullshit in a way that is like so harsh at times, but it's also so loving and it's so needed. And it takes a special person, I think, 
to be open to receiving those messages without being offended. But even, um, with you, I've been so triggered sometimes where I've had to like block you out for like a week. Cause I'm like, this is too much. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> but I really had to sit in that space of like, why did what she say triggered me this bad where I'm like sitting on the floor crying, like devastated about my life. And it's like, oh shit, that's like something there that I need to look at. Thank God I was put in Christina's, um, you know, aura so that I can experience these messages. Like that's truly like such a gift that I'm so grateful for because once I could, um, get past my own ego blocks and take that radical responsibility, it was like, things shifted so fast where it was like my head spun. Like now I'm living in LA. I have a podcast. Like I got, you know, my dream apartments, like things can actually shift really quickly. And we're almost like, I was scared of it. I absolutely 100% was. And I, there's parts of me that still are, but I know that being on that path towards up-leveling feels so much more freeing and empowering than that narrative that I was telling myself for years and years of like, oh, you'll do it next year. Oh, you can't do it yet. Oh, like this is, you don't want to um, leave this, this relationship, this um, habit is, is, you know, too much of your life, too hard to give up. It's like, once I could work past that, it's like, oh, it's actually really quick, how quickly things can drop in and, and your life can change. 100%. Well, I, I mean, that's the thing, right? Taking responsibility is taking responsibility for all of it. Right. So when we are stuck in a pattern, whatever we're complaining about, my God, there was like, whatever you're complaining about, you're creating I'm like shit. Right. I have to show up differently if I want something different to happen, yeah. you know, and we can't always see our, our blind spots, you know? And so that's why having other people around us is, is so helpful. And, you know, I always think, I don't, trigger people intentionally. I'm just very direct. I think because the voices I've heard in my head, my whole life are very direct. And that's how my spirit guides talk to me. So that's very much just how I communicate, but it, it takes, I, I'm shocked when there are people who can consistently stay in my field. Like I, I just am. Cause I know I'm the kind of person, I mean, my own friends will tell me, they'll be like, yeah, I couldn't talk to you for like three months because I was really triggered. Like, you know what? I, I, uh, I, I mean, you are an Aries sun. <laughs> you do Aries have a lot sun. of fire. But I like, am. I think that it it does, it takes a special person to, you have to be ready to look at that stuff. And I need someone in my life that is willing to give me that real talk. I, if someone's serving it to me in a really nice, delicate way, I'm never going to make the progress that I want to make. Mm -hmm. So it really depends on the type of person you are too, I think. Yeah. But all the, all the women in our mastermind container, we're all ready for that. Like, real yeah. talk. Do not hold back. Tell me exactly what is blocking me. What is in my way? Why I am not figuring this out. And it's always like something so obvious that we're just afraid to admit to ourselves. I mean, I just, I think that the mastermind currently, right. is such a beautiful example of how this works. Like you get in this energy, this group energy, the energy of the container. And the whole purpose of it is, Hey, everything we're not seeing, it's going to come forward so that we can actually shift what we need to shift to create what we want. And it was very much from the beginning. Like I told you guys, like, don't step into this unless you're ready. Don't. And look at what has happened. You know, we're nearing the end of this container as we record this. And like, I mean, you are a great example of how your life has completely changed and very quickly. And it was just like quantum expansion. And that is what is on the other side of releasing the shit that's not in alignment with us anymore. And that's happened for everybody in the container. I think, I mean, I've been thinking about it a lot, obviously, as we're coming to the close and I'm just like, holy shit, this has been, I've just been like watching miracles, just like watching miracles. It's crazy. Collective quantum leaps. Mm -hmm. And 
when someone's healing something or, or up-leveling one part of their life, it actually brings healing to a part of your life that you thought you were past. Like that's the other part of the group container that's so valuable is things that we think we've moved past. They get re-jiggered, re-triggered, if you will, in new ways when you, when you witness someone else up-leveling or shifting or experiencing a closure that you had already thought you walked through and there's this whole new layer that you needed to unpack and release. There's always more. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty incredible. Those containers that you do. What are some of the other ways you work as an intuitive channel? I mean, you are a best-selling author, you channeled your first book, and I think that you've channeled how many other additional books since then that aren't out oh yet? Oh my God. What's the, what's the latest? What's the latest with the book? Yeah. Uh, oh my God. So many. Yeah. I have like five <laughs> in the works. So I have, mm-hmm. I'm just going to kind of pace out the releases and the, the part for like with books writing them is the easier part. It's all of the other logistics that, that goes into it. That takes a long time. Just like the logistics of putting it together. And I honestly did not, you just don't even know how much goes into a book until you're doing it. I'm like, Oh, I very much see how this is a full-time job in and of itself. So lots of books coming out. Um, I'm also releasing a product line called Quartz, which I'm really excited about. So they're spiritual lifestyle products. I'm wearing one of my necklaces. Yeah. Right I'm like, here. what can you tell us about this product line? Cause I am dying to see it, the unveiling. Yeah. What is, what's the necklace? I'm this is a citrine. This is a citrine. Gorge. So we're doing, oh, um, it. crystal necklaces or so, some of the, I've been waiting for someone to make better crystal jewelry. Yeah. Thank yeah. God. So, I mean, I'm, they're all products that like I use basically, uh, and I'm keeping some of it secret until I'm ready, but it's like, how can we incorporate these higher frequencies into our everyday life? Because I always say it's like, it's, it's a lifestyle. The way I live is a lifestyle. It's intention with everything I'm wearing with all like the words I'm putting on everything, you know, pulling my daily cards. So all of the products that I use every single day to bring that energy into my life, we're, we're making those. So that has been a whole undertaking in and of itself. Um, and you know what? The thing about intuition is it it is used in every single thing that we do. So no matter what your career is, you can use your intuitive gifts within, within them. And I, I was talking to a friend about this the other day and I, and I said, you know, I've never met a CEO who isn't highly, highly psych. And she was like, what do you mean? I'm like, you know, I work with a lot of, a lot of CEOs and entrepreneurs. And especially we were talking about a lot of the, my male clients who might not use that word. But I'm like, I've never, I've never met a CEO who's not very psychic because they don't realize like to carry that visionary energy that those are your psychic gifts to have that big picture. And I see how their brains are working. They're seeing the entire thing all mapped out in their head. They can see the pathways. They can see the products. They can see all of that. That's all of their psychic gifts. Right. Uh, and they are able to hold that vision and then delegate so that it can be brought into the 3d, you know? And so within every industry within every career, there's a way to use your intuitive gifts. And the thing is channeling, think about it broad level. Like when you're a dancer, you know, and you're a professional ballerina and you're in the ballet, like you're channeling that is source moving through you when you're so in your flow, it really is whenever you're just doing whatever you're here to do. You know, when you're a speaker, you're, you're channeling, uh, you know, if you're writing, if you are an artist, like you are channeling when you have that vision in your head of a client comes to you and it's like, this is a styling. This is, this is a style. This is the outfit. Those are your intuitive gifts. Right. And so it really comes through in every single thing we do. It's just about finding that thing where we are 
able to bring it down really quickly and easily because we're in pure flow. Hmm. Mm. I love that. And what are some tangible tips that you might offer if people are trying to figure out, well, what are some of my psychic gifts? How do I tap into this energy? Where do I begin to unpack? (laughs) Yeah. I think the first place to start is to learn about how your psychic gifts show up. So I have a couple of YouTube videos about the different psychic senses. I would go watch those. I think they're like between, I think they're around 15 minutes each and you can two X me if you can keep up with my voice. But I, th- I just, I really think that because most of the time when people learn about how the different psychic gifts show up, they're like, Oh, that's what's already happening for me. You start to realize, Oh, not everybody can visualize in their mind's eye right? Oh, not everybody is like hearing all these thoughts in their head, thinking about how you think. Some people think in pictures, some people think in words, some people feel it, right? Uh, That's your psychic gift, right? So first I think just tapping into or learning about how the different gifts show up and then you'll know which one is your strong suit. Like if you have really vivid dreams, you're probably a visual person, right? Uh, But I think, yeah, the main thing is thinking about how, how you think or how you will learn. If you're a visual person, audio person, if you feel more, if you're somebody that identifies as an empath, you just feel energy a lot, you're going to be clairsentient. And so that's telling you which sense is the strongest. And then that's when you want to go into and start to really develop by being intentional with it every single day and tuning into that. So whenever you are coming up against something in your life, just tune into that area specifically and letting that sense guide the way. And I always think picking one psychic gift, going into that one, developing that will help to unlock the other ones, but it's first just identifying. Cause the thing about intuition is, I mean, everybody's psychic and you just have to realize how it's already showing up for you. Mm, I love that. And it's usually, it's always more simple than we think. I think I've always um, thought that I was visual, which I mm-hmm. am visual. I have a lot of vivid dreams, but I hear things and I do, I get a lot of the ear ringing and then I just get like very curated playlist always with my playlist, with the message that I need to hear for the day. Um, it's amazing how, when you start just paying attention, you're like, Oh, this is the psychic muscle building. And it's so, it's so exciting. Speaking of your YouTube channel, it's one giant channel of content that you have. You have all of these different content streams across all the different major platforms, plus your uh, private membership, where you're also pumping out exclusive content. I want to know how you pump out all this content, how, I mean, I know you're a generator in human design, <laughs> but even still I am a generator as well. And the level of content that you're producing is next level. How do you like, I, it sounds like from when we first started talking today, you like to batch things, you like to get in the zone and like crank things out and then kind of binge rest is, is like, how do you keep that motivation going? Or how even do you get the consciousness stream of like, the psychic words just continuing to come through and just like continue to build this out. Cause it's just so impressive. The amount of content that you created. Thank you. Thank you. I, what I, what I do want to say for, is for anyone listening, just FYI, like more content isn't necessarily better, but it is authentic for me. Right. And so the way I run my business might be like very out of alignment for somebody else or not ideal. Uh, but I, I do things that I genuinely love. And the way I like to build my life is what would I be doing if I wasn't being paid for anything, if I could just do whatever. And the, and I would be channeling all day. So I'm like, okay, I'm everything I do. I'm just going to channel it. I'm just going to channel. So one of the ways I make a lot of content is I don't plan anything in advance. Uh, you know, I'm literally just letting it all flow through. And I think a lot of people honestly waste a lot of time preparing things. Obviously it will depend on your industry, right? If you are 
if it's something scientific and you're gathering data, that's going to take more time to prepare certain things. But I think a lot of people spend a, way too much time overthinking, over-preparing. And we live in an age where things do not have to be curated, right? I was just talking to somebody earlier and he was like, it takes me like two hours to do a TikTok. Why? It takes me 10 seconds, right? Like, like things do not have to be curated. And so how can you just do less? You don't have to edit everything, right? YouTube. If I was editing YouTube videos, I would never, it would be too much work. So if I want to do something, I think about what's lowest barrier to entry, right? So when I was posting to Instagram in the way that I thought I should, it felt really heavy and like a drain. And then I thought, well, what's going to make this easy for me to show up to where it just, it, I can do it within five minutes. And so I create that kind of formula for myself. And then I just allow myself to channel whatever wants to come through, but I, I follow the inspiration. So if I don't feel like doing something, I don't, I don't do it. And my plan is basically it's classic generator live in response. So the plan is do nothing until there is something to respond to or, or until I have something to say. So I never sit there and think like, what should I say? I wait until I have something to say. And then I just say it and it comes out and it's, it's pretty fast, you know, and it, it, it really is just following the, this, the inspiration and, and the stream. So and the, that's also what I will, such, hmm. what I'll also just add is I think that especially in entrepreneurship, I always tell people, it's like, what do you want your life to look like? What do you want to be doing? And then how do you monetize that? And, and so I'm like, if I want to be talking to spirits all day, then how do I monetize that? So then all my content has turned into, I'm just channeling and then I get paid. Yeah. Well, and not overcomplicating it. It's like, it'll be better received that way too. I, we get, we've gotten in this bad place with social media where everything is so overly polished and curated that then it feels like this huge barrier to entry that got me for a really long time where I was just like, I am exhausted even thinking about the setup to make something look really nice. And when I started just doing things a little bit more half-assed or just not caring as much, it, it's amazing how it just flows quicker. I could write it faster. I could just publish it faster and just move on. And I would look at it sometimes and be like, oh, I wish I had done this differently or this differently. But when you're sitting there ripping it apart, and then at least for me, I would never even publish it because I'm like, it's never going to be good enough. That's just like keeping you in that, again, lower vibration and like undercomplicating it. It's so freeing. It creates so much more space and people are going to be attracted to that because it's, it's so much um, more authentic. Mm -hmm. People just want, people just want you. And it's like, if it's not sustainable, you're not going to stick with it. If I told somebody you have to work, you have to go to the gym for an hour every day for the rest of your life, people are going to give up. Right. And so if I'm like, oh, it's going to take me an hour to post to Instagram every day for the rest of my life, I'm already tired. I don't want to do it. Right. And so I think about like, if this is not sustainable for me, if it's not realistic, then I shouldn't be doing it. And so finding your ways to cut corners, so to speak, and just make it as easy as possible and something you generally want to show up to. And I've just kind of hit this point where I'm like, I'm not going to do anything I don't want to do. Like, I'm just not what is the purpose of that? If I don't want to do it, I'm not going to. People can feel that frequency if I'm sharing from a place if I, I should or I have to. And it's just adding extra noise. And we don't need we don't need extra noise. You know, there's so already more than enough. There is there. more than enough. And yeah. to be honest, I mean, I feel like from a from a logistical business perspective, pick a pick one platform you like. Like, and just build momentum there. I'm on different platforms, but I also have been on different platforms for a long time. I didn't start all of them at the exact same time. And it's also very much my style to be in different places, but it's definitely not required. Like my business uh, could be just one platform easily. I just have a lot of 
things flowing through me that I like to give places because otherwise I get energetically constipated. (laughs) (laughs) Bringing it back to the animal, clearing that energetic plane at all times. Love it. Okay. My last burning question for you is what is it like to date an intuitive channel? You're an intuitive channel. What is it like (laughs) to date you? Like, has that ever come up? Like, I don't know if you're on the dating apps or what. I think you should ask probably one of my ex-boyfriends more than me. (laughs) Good, good. Um, Unfortunately, they're not here today. Yeah, unfortunately. (laughs) You know, I'm not on any apps right now. I've been thinking about getting back on, but I intuitively haven't felt like I should. I'm not again. I think they're great. And that was how like my last relationship my last big like dating time, I, I used the apps and I met a lot of really great people, but this time I just haven't felt called to it. Uh, to be honest, I think I'm also just at a different place in my life. And, and, um, especially in terms of like the more my platforms have gotten built out, I much prefer to date people that I already kind of know about me, if that makes sense. And I, I was writing to this issue with the apps where, it was like, it showed up to the first date and that person has already listened to my podcast, looked through all my social content. And I'm like, this is, feels very, it's the energy was weird, you know? And I, I am flattered by that, but at the same time, I really like to feel like, Hey, we're both getting to know each other here. And I think it can be easy for people to create judgments right around versus just getting to know me. Like I just want to be, get to know like a normal person. So there's that. I think, man, dating as an intuitive, I mean, that's a big, like what is their pers- what is their well, experience? Like what is their experience but like what what is it like when you are an intuitive channel dating? Like are you able to see the energetic <laughs> or feel the energetic vibration yeah. of whoever it is that you're dating and kind of like forecast a future? Like I think yeah. that would be like the number one question for people. If you are an yeah. intuitive channel, like are you so much channeled in with your own dating life where you can actually see if it's going to be a vibrational match. Like if there's long-term potential based on just meeting them. Yeah. Love this topic. So sometimes, because there will be a lot of people I will meet and immediately I will know what's going to happen. Like, and, and that could be a, Hey, we're going to be together for a couple of years. Like I will, I will just know that flat out, but I still have to go into the experience. If it's something that if I knew it was going to happen, I wouldn't go into the experience. I'm typically not shown. The thing is about being a channel is I do probably know more than the average person. And because I'll be familiar with the frequency. So for me, when I meet someone, I'm, I'm pretty accurate with like, it's like, we're in or we're out. Like it takes me a lot less time to know because especially with dating, it's like, Oh, I've already felt into this, but the vibration of the person, the second I meet that person, I'm like, Oh, here you are, you know? So I can, I can kind of tell, but the other piece is I still got to do earth school too. Right. So there are a lot of things in my life that I'm just blocked out of because I can't know. Otherwise, what would be the point? You know? So I've, I find that the, the closer I get to my long-term partner, the more shut out I am. And I will also see like, like right now I have three big timelines. They show me like three main ones, but then there's the choice. There's my choice, there are choice from other people. And so I see these different options, right. And timelines can shift and change, but it's not as clear as it was before where I had things a lot more mapped out, you know? Uh, so I, I have, I have my blind spots, but I do know, I would say more than probably the average average person, but the closer I get to my partner, I'm, I'm more blocked out of it. It feels a lot more like where, where am I? Um, so I feel like I'm dating 
more normally, the closer I get to it. And the other thing is whenever I'm dating somebody, I'm blocked out of a lot of information connected to them as well so that we can have more of a normal experience. And I think a lot of times people who date me, they think I'm like, know all this stuff about them. And I'm like, I actually don't. When you're that close to me, when you're that close to me, I get blocked out of stuff for you. Uh, because otherwise it would be like too much cheating in earth school. I, and <laughs> yes. And that was kind of what I was getting out with my question. And like, do they do the people that you're dating think, oh no, they're going to know too much about me or too much about us. Like I, I can't sink into this experience. So it's good to know that your guides have your back. They're blocking you because you have to walk through the earth experience. So that's actually to me, somewhat comforting. It's like, we don't want to forecast and know everything that's going to happen. I know that for me as an intuitive, Mm -hmm. I am able to intuitively vibe out someone even sometimes before I meet them, but especially when I'm in their physical presence, but I don't have that like necessary, necessary forecast ability that you spoke Mm -hmm. to, which I think is, is also really interesting or like seeing the different timelines presented, but also remembering that we ultimately as humans have choice where we can shift the timeline, even if Mm -hmm. it was presented a certain way. That's the thing with dating that I think a lot of people don't necessarily understand. And for, here's the thing for me, seeing things from the energetic perspective, being an intuitive has given me so much freedom in relationships because I understand that there are just different soul contracts, certain things we've just been contracted into. And we also have so much choice. And so often people come to me like, is this my person or what? And I'm like, you have many people who could be your person. Like you've got options, you know? And so if it's not this person, there are all kinds of other people that you can step into a really beautiful relationship with we have this idea of like the one person, there's not just one person that you, that you can be with. That is like the only person that will make you happy. There are just different choices and different types of lifestyles. And I think that's really liberating, uh, because people get so caught up in, is this my one person? It's just different options, you know? And, and I've had many clients before where they might, they're like, pick they're dating two people and they're like, they're so great. I don't know who's the right person. And I'm like, neither is right or wrong. And you're going to be happy with both. It's just what lifestyle do you want? Because with every relationship dynamic, the relationship has its own consciousness and its own energy. And, you know, I think we can all think about that in terms of different relationships we've had and they all have a different type of feel, right? My dynamic with this person is slightly different than this person. And it's not necessarily better than or worse, but it brings out different pieces of me and has its own, its own energy, its own flavor. And so what do I want? You know, and that is part of the, again, taking responsibility piece where I think it's easier for us to hide behind what's the right or wrong answer versus if I know there's no wrong answer, now I have to choose. And then I've got to take responsibility for that choice completely. Uh, and sometimes, you know, that that's, that's scary for us because it's like, I'm choosing my future and I can't go wrong. And now that's all there is. No, there's no, like, what's the right answer to fall back on? Yes. That's like the wake up call that we all need to hear and not getting locked in labels like the twin flame label, which keeps being this hot topic lately where it's like, is it my twin? Is it my twin? I have to figure it out. And if I I think it's my twin, then I can't date anyone else. I can only save myself for this twin. And I'm like, no, that is the wrong way to approach your dating life because that's going to keep you trapped in these like energetic loops of like stories that may or may not progress because people have their own sovereignty and can make their own choices. And whether or not they're your twin flame is like irrelevant at the end of the day. Oh my God. I I have so much to say about this. You know, as somebody who has a twin, which is incredibly rare. And I will tell you almost everybody that comes my way that says they have one does not like 
almost everybody. And it really doesn't matter. Honestly, it's a lot harder. It's a lot, it's a lot harder, uh, to, to deal with. But if you are asking the question, like, how do I find my twin flame? Or is this person, my twin flame? You don't understand what twin flames are. You just don't is, is how I feel if you're asking the question. And it's like, if, if you have a twin flame, you don't have to find them. Like they, they will find you. If you're asking, are they my twin flame? Like you will know you you will, you will just, you will know. It's like the same question you can ask. Does, does this person like me? If you're confused, the answer is no. 100%. If if they like you, you'll know. Oh, 100%. I mean, that's how I feel for a lot of people. And and it's so funny. Just the patterns where we get in dating, like dating makes us do all kinds of things. And people spend so much time like we've talked about this dating backwards, you know, or figuring out, I don't know. What do you think he means by this text? It's quite simple. If he has not said, I like you, or if he's not said, this is a date, it's not a date. It's not a date. <laughs> it's literally as simple as that. And it's like, we don't want to hear that message because that's like, that actually changes your perspective on like, why am I wasting so much time and energy mm-hmm. analyzing this? And, and that's so many like things that I know a lot of people do, but especially women do. It's like, we analyze these relationships. We create these like narratives where this whole relationship has happened in our head. And it's like the actual reality is that the person is confusing you. There is yeah. not really even an actual clear conscious communication about dating you and you need to move on with your life. And and it's so hard. I've been stuck in those loops myself many, many a times. So I speak with experience here. Same, same. And and this next book coming out, oh man, it it was brutal. It was hard for me. And they're basically like, look, you guys, all of your relationship problems are because you don't communicate about things. And instead you just make up false stories in your head. Like, and I started viewing, I just started looking at the world from this lens and myself, right. Myself is always included in this. And I'm like, wow. And it, every, we're all just making shit up in our heads. And why are we, why are we moving through life? Always asking the question to this, does this person like me versus do I like this person? Do I like them? Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's like such an illuminating, like first things first here. Do I even like them? Yeah. Am I going on the date? Am I excited to go on the date? Or am I just trying to wear the outfit, be the version of the person that I think is going to gain their approval and acceptance? No, no, no. We have to reprogram that. And we wait. It's like people will wait for somebody else to say, I like you to be like, oh yeah, then I like you. I, I like you if you now, like me. Now it feels safe to, to say how <laughs> yeah. I actually feel. Yeah, totally. I cannot wait for this book because I mean, manifest Manifestation Mastery, your first book, I still use every day. I Aww. love like opening. I use it kind of like an oracle where I read a chapter. I usually just pick a chapter. I just open to a chapter and it's always like a timely message. But your next book is this dating book, it sounds like. I have another book coming up before that actually. And then I'm going to do that book. Uh, so we're waiting a little bit. It's, it's meaty. It's, it's meaty. And it was hard for me. It was, it was, it was a harder process for me because I mean, I would write some, I would channel and then I would, I would literally would just sit there in front of my computer and think for like three hours. And I would just like, like, (laughs) I'm so triggered. I'm so triggered. And it was, so what like happened in that book was I wrote the first half and then they cut off the information and they told me, did I say this? Uh, I think I remember you talking about yeah, this. Yeah, they somewhere. cut off the information. And I was like, uh, hello. Like we I thought finish, we were channeling a book but, here. Yeah. And they were like, you can't finish the rest of the book until you tell your twin flame uh, that he's your twin flame. Yeah, I, I was remember like, this now. I was like, what do you mean? That's like number one rule of twin flames. Don't tell your twin flame. 
<laughs> don't you never tell your twin flame and they were like no you have to and I was like uh well I'm on a time crunch here like I, I booked an Airbnb in two in two weeks and we got to finish this book like uh because here's the thing when you're channeling it's all about the portal of like there's a, an energy portal where all of the information is coming through and if you miss it like you miss it it's like Lionsgate, right? There's this energy portal where it's available. And if you miss it, like you kind of missed it, you know? And that's very true with intuitive messages. Like when there's a book that wants to come through me, like I'm giving birth, like this is the due date. I I don't get to put it off. Like the baby is coming out, right? The veil is not thin forever. (laughs) Exactly. Right. So I'm like, I mean, I felt like I was halfway through a birth. That's how it feels to like channel a book. That's why I have to smush it in. Cause I feel like literally that level of discomfort. I'm halfway through a birth. I have to get it all out. And like, there's no going back. Um, so anyway, I had to have that conversation with him. And then after the rest of the book came through. So it was like, you got this guidance where it's like, if you don't do this and have this conversation, Mm -hmm. then you don't get the rest of the books. It's like, you had to co-create the remainder of the book by dancing in your life with what needed to happen. This conversation. Yeah. And that is true with everything I channel, with everything I talk, everything I talk about, like I have walked it. I have walked it. And anytime I'm going to bring through information, I'm going to channel a book. My entire life rearranges so that I go through school. Like I get kicked in the butt. And I think that's really important for people to understand. Like I'm learning all of this. I'm living it. Like I'm going through it. Uh, I don't get to just like channel the information and like, there it is. Like I get kicked in the butt and I have to do really uncomfortable things. And I have to go through really intense personal initiations in my own life. And that is what allows me to channel what I channel. If I hadn't lived it, it wouldn't come through. Yes. That's what unlocks the keys. And that's another good way to look at a rock bottom. It's like, it's really the initiation for this chapter where you can actually use what's happened to you to hopefully help people. You know, that's so much of what inspired me and with the work that I do and, and how much you've inspired me is your story and, and what has come through your experiences has really sparked something with my experiences and the way I've been shifting. And so it's just like, it's, we can all help each other collectively. And I think that's, what's so beautiful about the work that you do and how inspirational you are to so many people. And to me myself, because you have helped me in my life so much and been such an inspiration to me. And I'm just so grateful for all of your gifts and just having you in my life as a friend, as a mentor as a client, um, you're just, you're such an incredible soul. Thank you so much for coming on. Where can people find you if they would like to learn more? Of course. Well, first of all, thank you. You're so sweet. I'm going to cry. And I feel the same about, about you. And I think that's the really cool thing about this work is, I mean, I learned so much from my clients and then I often end up hiring my clients to help me with things because that's how much I like them. (laughs) Uh, and our work together with, the styling was so important for me in making huge shifts in my life and really stepping into this next level for me. So it really, really deeply impacted me in so many ways. And it was on top of big life shifts, big career shifts, a breakup. Like there was just so much. And what that represented to me was deep, deep healing. So, you know, for anybody listening, you need to upgrade your wardrobe. <laughs> uh, so thank you for that. Thank you for that. Always. I'm super thank grateful. You. For that you. gives me chills. That's very, yeah. I really appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. It, it, I mean, I, it was, it was really profound for me. 
like really profound. It's not just clothes. It's not just a wardrobe. Like it's deep work, it's healing work. Um, and it pushes you to your edges, right? Just the thought of like putting on an outfit that you're kind of scared to wear, but you know, is you, that is like, I'm straight up showing the world, like naked me basically. Cause I feel so, that responsibility. Yeah, I feel so Own, myself in your light owning and your I'm not light. hiding. I'm not yes. hiding anymore. Right. So yes. it is really, really powerful energy work. And, and really, I felt like was a big milestone for me, um, in like stepping into more of who I am. So mm, I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah. I'm so grateful for you. And I'm just obsessed with you always. So thank you for having me. <laughs> Mutual obsession. <laughs> and anybody, if you do want to connect further, um, trigger warning. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, you know, you will be triggered, but in the best way possible. It'll help love. you. I'm everywhere at Christina, the channel. So on Instagram at Christina, the channel, youtube.com slash Christina, the channel. My podcast is Christina, the channel podcast. Tiffany has been a guest on the show. So you can listen to that episode and yeah, my website is Christina, the channel.com. I'm pretty easy to find. So I would love to connect with anyone listening further. If, if you feel called. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you.